0: The spread of Gutenberg's technology enabled the Renaissance and Reformation in Europe, and the spread of Scripture to the whole world. Today on Wonders Without Number, we're going to be looking at information explosion. The spread of Gutenberg's technology enabled the Renaissance and Reformation in Europe and also allowed Scripture to effectively be spread across the entire world. So at this time, let's meet our special guest. My friend Rusty Mazel is an authority on ancient manuscripts and printed editions of the Bible. He's the author of several books on Christian history and the curator of the Enduring Word Museum, which is quite an amazing exhibit that he travels with. We're going to be looking at just a few of these artifacts and manuscripts in the studio here today. So at this time, please join me in welcoming my good friend, Rusty Maisel. Welcome to Wonders Without Numbers. Yes, sir. glad to be here. It's wonderful to have you here. Tell me just a little bit about yourself. Well, I've always had questions
1: about how we got the Bible and whether I could believe it and I tried to go to the places where I could learn about uh, the various questions I had, and maybe get them answered. I've had most of them answered now. Uh-huh. I still have a lot of questions, but they're probably a little more technical today than they were 20 years ago. Yes, so the museum came out of answering the questions for my own family first, and then as I went out, and my friends, and as I went out now, we traveled quite a bit with the museum, go all over the United
0: States, and uh, we're glad we're here with you today. I am glad that you're here today as well. This is actually, this whole search for uh, Bible history and the knowledge of all this has led you to as diverse places as the Vatican, is that right? Yes, right, right. We, uh, we've been to the Vatican uh, from the standpoint that we've actually
1: helped put up an ex- a museum exhibit in the Vatican and uh, set up uh, one of our Gutenberg printing presses there. Wow. And demonstrated on it and had uh, Uh, quite a few uh, Vatican dignitaries come in and we actually let them print on our printing press uh, that was associated with the Vatican
0: Library. That's great. That's great. Well, today, what we're going to be talking about is a little bit about the importance of printing, how it literally changed the world. But why don't you kind of jump in here and tell us a little bit about pre-printing manuscripts. Here on the screen, we have
1: one of the first English manuscripts this is an image from the first from a Wycliffe Bible translation this is typical of a medieval manuscript in fact I have right here with us on the on the table a complete Bible handwritten during medieval times can you imagine writing that small how long would it take you to write those two pages
0: I don't think that I could write
1: this precise. Look at the tiny characters. You need a magnifying glass just to really appreciate uh, the artwork there. This Bible, someone had to sit for several years and write to write this Bible. Only the wealthiest people could have books this size. What that means is only the wealthiest people in society, really the three to 5% that could read and write could control information. And information is power, and they wanted to hold it very tightly.
0: Say that one more time. Information is, is
1: power. Is power. And the wealthy people, the church, and the, the nobility, and the business leaders wanted to hold the power. Of course they do, they still do. Don't we find that to be the case? Uh, so this was the property of an extremely wealthy man. A scribe would have to have sat for three years, maybe wow. or longer to write this. What would it take to hire your attorney because that's what you would pay in the same price range for a scribe in those days. Yeah, what would it take for you to hire your attorney for three years? This was a wealthy man's possession, and it was a it was a status symbol to have to have a book. Okay. Libraries were, you know, only
0: the property of kings and the church. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. So, literally, this sort of information was very hard to come by uh, because it took educated men so long just to produce one copy of the Bible. That's right. So, how did things change from there?
1: Well, printing changed all of that. Though. Okay. Let's go through. See. Let's look at these. Here are some scribes. You see, they look like wealthy men. Yes. Now, this is from ancient Assyria. This is from Egypt. Egypt. North Africa. Here we have a church scribe, maybe a monk, and a secular scribe writing together. And you see, we have wealthy men posing with their books. Okay. Their status symbols. Yes. But printing changed all of that. Right. Johann Gutenberg... Didn't really invent any part of the process, but he put it all together.
0: And I think you have a video on this, don't you? We this do. Next... Before we look at the okay. video, I want to look at just one page. Okay. I think the next slide is a picture okay. of a page it is. from oh, I, the that's Gutenberg right. Bible. Yes, there it is. And we don't want to just stop with a picture because you have the real thing. I have that Page that's pictured there, Let's take right look. here on the table. This is this is truly astounding. This literally this changed the world. This is an actual
1: right. page from the first book ever printed, the Gutenberg Bible. And I can't believe it. I am actually touching an actual. People page. usually don't get to touch these. <laughs> I know. I get I get criticized for letting people touch this. Yes. Look how good the printing looks, how black the ink is and how clear and sharp it is. Printing in its infancy was better than printing year for many years after it to come. Right. And So how many years has this page been around? Uh, the year is 1450. 1450. Uh, nominally, 1450 to 1455. Uh, so it's Five hundred and fifty years, and this old. looks
0: more preserved than many of the books that I might have in my library today. Last
1: year's new, last week's newspaper.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's that's incredible. Put so that basically, this changed the world. This was able to spread that information out to the general public. That's right. And he did it through that's the right. Gutenberg press, putting things together, uh, different parts of uh, possibly great wine presses, that sort of thing? A wine press is what we think it might
1: have been. Okay. Uh, The press that we're going to see in a minute uh, is a
2: wine press modified for printing. Okay. You're listening to Wonders Without Number with David Reeves. The message presented today was filmed in studio at David Reeves Ministries' Wonders of Creation Center and is available in video format with powerful accompanying visuals. Subscribe to our Genesis Plus package online to get instant access to the video format of this message and hundreds of others right on your computer or mobile device. If you are encouraged by this message and would like to be a part of sharing this information with millions across the globe, we would love to hear from you. Give us a call at 931-212-7990 or write us at David Reeves Ministries Post Office Box 2824 Lewisburg Tennessee 37091 Visit our website davidreeves.com today That's david r i v e And now back to wonders without number with David
0: Reeves And now you build these you hand build these presses. Yes, is that we correct? do.
1: Well, we use some power tools, too, yeah. but you
0: can't tell it when you look at it. <laughs> it looks very authentic. Now, tell me, uh, how do you know approximately the way it looked? Do we have any of these presses in no, existence? There are no parts
1: from the original Gutenberg press. Some things from the later presses give us an idea, and then even later we have drawings and so forth. So we build historical presses, okay. and we Sell them to museums. Yeah. Help support the ministry.
0: That's great.
1: But printing changed the fact that only the wealthiest men could afford these books. Okay. Right after printing, there was an explosion of information. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. By the 1500s, that was 1450. By the 1500s, there were maybe 200 presses in, in Europe. And Erasmus of Rotterdam was the first best-selling author. Okay. He was extremely popular. He translated a lot of the Greek works, uh, the, the classical Greek works, and he wrote books himself, and he had, he was very humorous, and people, he wrote in a bunch of different languages, and he gave us the first New Testament in Greek. Okay. Let's take a look at that. There's an image of the title page to Jacobi, the James. Mm-hmm. This is Greek here. And this was from the first Greek New Testament ever printed. And then beside that, he did his own very popular, very uh, a new translation from the Greek of the, of the New Testament into Latin, which scholars could read. And... This was slightly different from the Latin Vulgate that was the official Bible in the church. He was worried about it. Uh, He dedicated it to the Pope and the Pope Leo X said, said, you know, that's okay. I like that.
0: (laughs) That's good. Okay.
1: So one of the people that read the 1516 was Martin Luther. And he, at that time, I don't believe read The Greek. He maybe knew a little bit of Greek, but I think he read the Latin. And in it he read, the just shall live by his faith. Hmm. Wow. The just shall live by faith, Hmm. not of works in the New Testament, lest any man should boast. And he decided to not start the Reformation. He didn't want to do that. He had a, a discussion group called Table Talks. So he put up a list of 95 things that they were going to discuss called the 95 Thesis, and his students took it and printed it, and now we had the beginnings of the Protestant Reformation. Hmm. One of the people who knew both, of the, both Erasmus and Martin Luther, I believe, was William Tyndale. Okay. William Tyndale was the man that gave us our first printed New Testaments and much of the Old Testament in the English language. Is that right? Right. Okay. William Tyndale was, in fact, a man who was so dedicated to what he was doing. Uh, he was a Catholic priest. He was a, uh, a local priest and he began translating works from the Greek, primarily, into English, the English language.
0: English. Okay.
1: He was, he's called God's rebel, but he really wasn't a rebel to begin with. He went to the Bishop of London and submitted a request to be allowed to print what was then an illegal Bible, a, an English Bible, translated out of the original languages. He really wanted to translate just the Greek New Testament, but he was willing to try to work on the whole thing. And the bishop, whose name was Wolsey, Bishop Wolsey, or the Bishop of London, never said no. Oh, okay. He never said yes either. (laughs) I think he thought he couldn't quite trust William Tyndale, maybe, he said, come stay, come live at my house. Okay. And eat at my table. And so he compelled Tyndale to leave Little Sudbury, where he was living, to come to London. And he he sat at the bishop's table and ate there, ate all of his meals there, and probably was watched very closely. Yeah. One evening at dinner, one of the priests said to him, Mr. Tyndale, the common man does not need... Um, the, lang- the language of English in the Bible. They, they, uh-huh. All they need is the Pope's laws. Huh? Tyndale then stood up and said, I defy the Pope and all of his laws, and if I live ere long enough, the boy who drives the plow will know more of the scriptures than thou. Oh, that was a bold statement. But then he had to leave the country. Okay. He went to Europe where there were hundreds of printing presses by that time and began almost immediately printing the new testament he finished the translation he printed started printing the new testament and smuggling them into england but the point is by that time there were so many printing presses that they couldn't stop the information explosion and they couldn't stop the printing of the new testament so people both in europe and in England received them with great joy and read for the first time if they were English speakers in their own language. Wow. The the words of Christ. Right. For God so loved the world Mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Can you imagine if you'd only heard that in Latin and didn't speak Latin, and you heard that for the first time, that's what happened. There was truly important information explosion. The words of Christ were now spread across the, the whole of Europe in languages that the people had learned at their mother's knee and could understand. Soon, the langu- the Bible was in German from Luther. It was, and others. Uh, It was in French in Mm. a clandestine way. It was in Spanish. And people were suddenly reading the Word of God in their own language. And Tyndale and Luther were the first of that. But, you know, none of this could have happened. Neither the Renaissance nor the Reformation could have happened without the printing press. Okay. They killed William Tyndale, eventually. They they caught him, he was executed. They couldn't stop God's work. Miles Coverdale took up up the gauntlet. He produced the first Bible, complete Bible in the English language. And then John Rogers, who was later burned at the stake, Mm. was, uh, produced the first complete Bible that became the text that came down to us and later became the King James Bible. Really? It was really a revision of of William Tyndale's work, about 99% William Tyndale. Uh Uh-huh. But John Rogers uh, was the person who edited it. And that was the first Bible that was legal to distribute it all in England in the English language. Okay. So, Once it it got started, and Henry VIII read Coverdale's Bible and said, well, I don't see what all the fuss is about. He he then allowed this one to be distributed in England in a limited way. Then, he decided he wanted every church to have an English Bible. (laughs) Within three years of Tyndale praying, Lord open the King of England's eyes, he commanded every church to have an English Bible and on the cover page he decided he wanted his own picture <laughs> okay. there's a picture of henry the handing the verbum day still in latin uh, but sure. the word of god uh-huh. to the priest over on this side and the bishops and to the ministers of the government on the other side so that everybody in england should have it now think about what an information explosion in terms of biblical knowledge this was the sure. English Bible in every church. But most people are still never heard it read. And when they read it in the back of the churches, oh my goodness, they started shouting. Can you imagine what if you've heard for God so loved for the first time in, your, in the language your mother taught you? Right. They started making noise and they had to outlaw it from being read during the Latin masses in the really? front of the churches. So... One of those Bibles, after Henry died, uh, and his son died, Mary Tudor came into power. In Geneva, they produced the first study Bible. Okay. See the notes down the sides here, right? And an extensive in the margins uh, uh, introduction. And also, okay. And this was called the Geneva Bible. And it went through 143 different printings. Or let's say more than 140. I don't know the exact number, but a lot, of, a
0: lot of different printings and became the most popular Bible. Okay, so tell me a little bit about the Geneva Bible. It, is that the one that the pilgrims would have had? That's the
1: one the pilgrims had. Okay. Here's a picture, a very well-known picture, of the pilgrims. Uh, yes. Now they're walking to church, obviously. They all have their Bibles. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. They all have their Bibles. These were poor people over in the colonies. Yeah. And look, even the children are carrying Bibles. Look at that. Now, because of printing and the information explosion, and now all of the printing presses. This wealthy man's Bible right here mm-hmm. gave way. Not just the wealthy could could control information, but anybody that flipped the Mac Medieval Burgers. <laughs> here is a Bible printed under the reign of Henry's son. Edward VI, okay. that probably, this was within 100 years of Gutenberg. This was printed in 1552. Can we hold it up okay, for the camera yes. very carefully? Okay. Wow. This is a complete Bible, printed. It's, it's a great Bible, but it's, it's in a small edition. This Bible was so cheap by that time that anybody who earned a wage could afford to buy a book and learn to read could afford to buy a Bible and read God's Word for the first time in history.
0: Amazing. So So it literally was an information explosion, and for the first time, the common man could have his own Bible. That's right. And he could study it for himself.
1: And he could have it to teach his own children what was in there.
0: It's wow. that's, that's really exciting. It really is, and it changed the course of history at that point. Uh, and I know that there's more to the story, and we can't wait to take it to the next level, learn the rest of the story, but we're completely out of time today. Okay, that's great. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Would you come back for... Of course I will. ...the, the rest of the story? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, thank you. We learn from the words of Scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, down through the ages, faithful men gave their lives in an effort to preserve the truths of the biblical record. In that record, we learn that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Old Testament provides us a record of our Savior all the way back to the very beginning. And in the New Testament, we find the record of the sacrifice that He made to redeem us unto Himself to make us a part of His family. If you've not received Jesus, you can do that right now. He stands at the door and knocks. All you have to do is let Him in, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, He will change your life forever. I'm David Reeves, and until our next program, keep looking up, because truly, the heavens declare the glory of God. Hello, I'm David Reeves, host of the television show, Creation in the 21st Century on TBN, and author of the book, Wonders Without Number. When we look at science from a biblical perspective, remarkable things are revealed. Belief in the historical account of creation as found in the book of Genesis reveals much about the meaning of life and gives reason for our existence. Where did all the matter in the universe come from? In the beginning, God Created the Heaven and the Earth. Visit our website and sign up for our email updates to receive links to free videos dealing with science, astronomy, creation, and the Bible. Give us a call to find out more about David Reeves Ministries or to order additional copies of this DVD and our other great resources. Like us on Facebook and drop us a line on how this program has impacted your life. I'm David Reeves. Truly, the heavens declare the glory of God.